What's up, everybody? It's your girl, DJ K-Dove here, host of the Queen of the Trap podcast. Shout out to my team, Fitted Cap Low Movement. Make sure you go check me out on all outlets at DJ K-Dove and Queen of the Trap podcast. But also make sure you check out Anchor.fm. It is the number one distribution app to put all of your podcasts on all of the platforms you can imagine. So DJ K-Dove told you first, Go check out anchor.fm and go check me out at DJK Dev, Queen of the Trap Podcast, Fitted Cap Low Movement on all platforms right now. Welcome everybody to the Queen of the Trap Podcast one-on-one interviews. I'm your host, DJ K-Dev, and I have a very special guest with me today, one of my longtime best friends, Jem Alexander. How are you, Jem? I'm good, Carrie. How you doing? I'm doing real good. I, it's so weird to call you Jem. I know <laughs> your real name, but I'm I'm going to really, really, really try to stick with your artist name today. Well, I mean, you can call me Alex. It's the last name of it. That's true. That's true. But we want we want to know about we want to know about Alex, and we want to know about Jem. So we're gonna get a little into that. Who is Jem Alexander, and where do you come from? Well, I come from Long Island, New York. I'm not going to give the exact town, but I will say that I went to the same high school as Aesop Rock. Um, so that was uh, one of my influences. Um, where where Jem came from was like, you know, I, I had all different types of nicknames growing up, as you know. So it was like a lot well, of I like... I still call you one of them and I know you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I actually punched somebody because they said that the other day. Um, oh my God. Well, because nobody knows the history behind that. And that's what really pisses me off. Um, but yeah, so like a lot of like my female friends used to like call me Jem because it was like, you know, I was just one out of seven billion. Like, you're not going to find somebody like me. Like, I, I've I've always been that person that just tried to like not stand out, but I stood out anyway. So, um, I mean, I ended up liking that name more. I went through a bunch of stage names. I went through fucking Young Sin. I went uh, Jekyll, Johnny. Yeah. I went through a lot of names. I went I through knew like, Jekyll, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that too, because you know that's a long history as well. Yeah, that's like freaking like eight nine years. Well, you know what? Actually, let's talk about it. So, how did you start making music, and what kind of music do you put out? Uh, I started well, like I started writing when I was like fourteen, and I didn't record my first song till I was like sixteen years old, seventeen years old. Um. And the way that that went about was I was heavily influenced on like Slick Rick, Redman, Craig Mack, uh, Cage, Aesop Rock, a bunch of uh, underground people and some mainstream people, but not a lot. Um, But I was always so like fascinated with art. So it was just like instead of me just drawing and doing like, you know, Photoshop or anything like that, I always wanted to rhyme. But being where I was from, it's like there was only like one MC. Yeah. And that was, that was Judge Cryptic. And he went to my high school. So it was like being, there's only two MCs in the school. It, it became weird. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just like, I just always like, even in school, I always loved English, even though I never went to school, I was a fucking idiot. Um, but I always, <laughs> yeah, you know, we always used to party together. Uh, we grew school. up together. So I know we didn't go to right. the same school, but we grew up together. No. And what people also don't understand, I mean, what people don't realize is actually how we met. And if you want me to tell that story, I can yeah. tell that story. Um, <laughs> hold on. It's a good story. It's a good story. All right. It's a you know what? Story. You could tell the story. Go ahead. So the way me and you met, I remember it was, uh, 
Jayla's birthday. Rest in peace to John. Um, I met you there. Yes, I remember that. It was me, you, my brother, a bunch of his friends, John, Stevie, and I met you there. And then I remember the way I met uh, Mandy, Jamie. Jamie. See, like, see, at least you know the names. I barely remember names, but um. Yeah, I met you through there, and then I remember the way I met John and Stevie was Stevie had me go to his car, and he played me his demo, because he was just asking, he's like, oh, like, what, what type of music you like, whatever, I'm like, I rap. Wait, so he's like, okay. the day you met him? Yeah, that was the day I met John and Stevie. No way, I thought, okay, so, like, I, pause for a second, so... <laughs> So he was in a group, and he's going to explain that as well. It's called Faded Kings. But I thought you guys had that group prior to that. No, actually, what was crazy is that, um, so I'll get into that. Real, okay. but the, the, the funny part of the story was, so when I was, I was talking with Stevie, and then out of nowhere, I started feeling like something wet on my leg. And it was Jay Lift. He was pissing on my leg. He was so drunk, he thought it was a tree. So he's peeing on my leg. I turn around. I was like, yo, what the fuck's your problem? He's like, yo, my name's John. What up? (laughs) That (laughs) night was a little crazy. I actually do remember that night very well because me and Mandy talk about it all the time. Yeah, Uh, you you recorded me uh, freestyling against both of them. Yes, I did. I actually, I was wearing, I didn't even go to Comac, but I was wearing a Comac sweatshirt that night. And Mm -hmm. that's how I met you guys there. And then um, we had like a bonfire in the backyard. Do you remember me burning my leg on Roy's, um, on his Harley? I got, yes. I got like third degree burn. I, I still have a scar from it on the back of my leg too. I'll never oh, forget. And then, <laughs> and then a little, a little craziness uh, went down after that, but we won't get into that part. Yeah, no, let's not. There was a lot not- of things that went on in that house. We, we had so much fun growing up. Like that's how, that's how much him and I actually go back. Like we met in 2008. That's when that party was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God rest his soul, Jay Lift. He was, he was a great human being. He was just so fun to be around. And like, you know, he was so giving as well, you know, and I want to say like, they didn't, they didn't have a lot, but they were so, that whole family was so giving and I, shout yeah. out, to, shout out to all of them because I, I still love and appreciate them. You know, I hope all is well with them, but back to you. So <laughs> What got you inspired to like make music? And um, what kind of music did you say you put out? Well, like that was the thing was like, you know, when I started off, like I strictly only did underground rap. Like I, I didn't do anything else. I only wanted to do rap. So as I got older, I started to realize is that like my love for music was I didn't just have to do rap. So like even like uh, in the next like few months, uh, me and my friend Max Strong, um, we're actually coming out with a punk rock EP. We put out, which is really fucked Ooh. up. We put out, we put out a punk rock song. Um, we got the beat from uh, some some dude overseas, and it was actually doing numbers. It ended up getting I think like ten thousand streams or something. And then the guy ended up hitting us up, and he was just like, uh, "Listen, um, the." whole thing behind the beat was that like um my brother leased it he didn't um actually buy the full thing so he wanted more of the publishing um rather than just the deal that we did so he was just like it's either you give me more money for the publishing or you're gonna have to take it off and unfortunately we had to take it off it was a great Uh song it's called making monsters but um that was another thing is that people don't realize is that i listen to a lot of punk rock like i listen to green day i listen to newfound glory and that's that's where I was learning was that like you don't have to just listen to one sub uh, subgenre in order to be a musician. 
So yeah, and that's like what I- universal. I say it all the time. Even if, even if you don't listen to that genre, somebody might still get touched by your music. Somebody might still like the beat to it. Somebody might still, you know, understand where you're coming from and relate to it. So like, right. you know, you could literally put out anything and somebody's going to adapt to it. Right. And it's all about like, you know, really expanding like your fan base because it's like, you know, I, I call it when people do the same thing over and over again. It's not the logic of insanity. It's called fast food. It's disposable. So you want something that's going to be wholesome it's going to be home it's going to be a home-cooked meal it's going to keep you full and that's the whole thing with music you want to constantly keep your fans full and you don't want them to be like oh this is you know this is fast food i could throw this away that's a very smart metaphor for that i didn't even think about that you're it's so tr- smart <laughs> you're so smart that's, that, right. that's a great way to put it i'm not gonna lie well because so, oh wait go on I, I was saying, cause it, it is, it's true. Like even like, even now it's like, you know, I listen to it. Like, I know people are going to think this is which like, uh, is it weird? Like I listen to like uh, NBA young boy, um, who else? Uh, NLE Chopper. Like I, I do like some newer school, like artists. It's just, that I don't listen to everything. Like I hate Post Malone. Yeah. I can't stand Post Malone. There's because- a lot of, I can't get to, into a lot of this new stuff. I mean, I have to because I'm a DJ and I have to play mm-hmm. what everybody wants to hear. But like some of this new stuff and and I got to tell you, um, it was I think uh, who said it to me? I think it was DJ Newer. He called him. Uh, he called. What's his face? Fabio Foran. Was mm-hmm. it Fabio? Yeah. The Bop It rapper and i was like what do you mean he goes bop it, it rapper. twist it pull it like he raps <laughs> like that and that's how a lot and and he's right because that's how a lot of these newer artists are rapping but like it's catchy it works for them it's it i wouldn't say it's real art but hmm. it's still art and whatever gives them the sales whatever makes their money whatever their passion is nobody's gonna knock you for it right And also the question I want to ask you is, okay, so you call the podcast queen of the trap, like you're the queen of the trap. Now define what you believe is actual trap music. Okay. So I got asked this a lot. Um, What I think that trap music is, is what I grew up listening to. So like I grew up during the mixtape era. I was growing up listening to DJ Holiday, DJ Spanatic, uh, the Street Runners, Trapaholics, DJ Drama, DJ Ace, you know, and then so when you bring those DJs together, that's Gucci Mane's DJ, that's T.I.'s, you know, DJs, that's... um, Jeezy, um, Young Dolph, or, well, uh, Rocksteady is Young Dolph, so shout out to you. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, so I grew up listening to that kind of music. Um, you know, if you think about the Mount Rushmore of trap music, that's it right there. That's, hmm. that's exactly what trap music means to me. And I fell in love with trap music because like, I was around you guys all the time. And, and I gotta say, we have the same person in common. So mm-hmm. like we know the same person, Pete Cannon, shout out to Pete Cannon. He, w- he would always drive me around with his two 12 inch subs, <laughs> blasting trap music. And it just, I loved it. I loved every single part of it. So that's what trap music is to me. And like, you know, mixtapes I always wanted to make my own mixtapes and then finally I got old enough to make one and Mm -hmm. understand what comes with a mixtape and then I was like hey 
I'm going to base my podcast off of something that I love. So then do you, then do you think that this new generation, when they say that they like, they're in the trap, they make trap beats. Do you think that's just like it? Do you consider that trap music? Cause me personally, I don't consider it trap music because I grew up on TI ludicrous, um, Gucci Mane. Um, oh my God. Who's the, who's the guy that had beef with Gucci man? Uh, it was, uh, oh no, it was, it was Gucci man and young Jeezy. Yeah. Jeezy. And when Gucci they came, man. when they came out with that song, Icy, forget about it. I oh, was I like, see. I was like, yo, I love um, that I song. Say, <laughs> that's my shit still. When the freaking versus battle was going on, I had oh, yeah. everybody coming to me asking to do an interview because they know how much I love both of them. And that was such a controversial versus battle because Gucci, if, if you really like, if you know the history behind it and mm. all of that, Gucci man was playing all music that was throwing shots at Jeezy all night and even mm-hmm. played the track about his dead friend. And then yeah. Jeezy, all Jeezy had to do was fucking play everything off of Thug Motivation 101 and it was sold. It was classic sold. album. It was sold. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, that's trap music to me. Um, when it comes to the newer generation, I have to tell you, um, Young Dolph is doing phenomenal with his group of people, which is Key Glock, Ken, Kenny Mooney. Um, you have, uh, who else? Oh, I'm having a little bit of a brain fart. There's a lot of people <laughs> on this label. But those are just some people that I personally, I, oh, Big Moochie Grape is another one. I love his music. That's trap music for that one. Um, Two chains. Two chains has Schooly, Hot Acton, Sleepy Rose, and World General. They are like basically a prodigy of two chains. They put, but they're all significantly different. Mm. And then for the last one, I would have to say his G, uh, excuse me, Gucci Man. He's got Fujiano. He's got um, Pooh Shiesty, who has, <laughs> I literally, I love him. I love him. Like he is a born again Gucci Man. Like Gucci Man ain't even dead yet. But to me, Pooh Shiesty is literally Gucci Man in a younger body. That man's career is going to go very far. And, um, Hold on one second. <laughs> My laptop said it was dying. I... Oh, man. Sorry about that. Normally, I don't get up like that during an interview, but... It, it's fine. <laughs> this is how you know it's a natural interview. Of course, because, like, we've been friends for so long. You were actually an interview that I was not nervous about, and... Oh, and I couldn't wait to do this because I had so many questions. Like I've known you for so many years, but like, I don't know too much about what you've done music wise, other than like, you know, I've listened to your mixtapes. I actually, I was, when I was in Alabama, I was trying to explain what boom bap was. Cause you know, heavy hitters, DJ, DJ new era, he, mm. you know, he, he knows everything, but he didn't know what boom bap was. And I was like, I don't even know how to explain it, but let me just, let me show you some songs off of like your YouTube. Mm. And I was looking at your numbers. Your numbers are up there. Like you have, you have the views, you have the followers. Like that's something I'm very proud about. Very, very proud of you about because <laughs> I was surprised to see that. Uh, and you can't, and that's one thing about YouTube, you can't fake the freaking views. You can't fake the likes. 
No, that's the thing is that like I've even told people is that like with promotion wise is that I've always been good at promoting. So the whole thing is that like with most people don't understand with the algorithm of YouTube, Spotify and everything else is that like with YouTube is that like I always do YouTube ads. So it's like whatever is relatable from my music, it'll bring like, let's say if you listen to one thing I always get is like Onyx. So if you listen to an Onyx song, it'll go into suggestion. It'll bring my video and then people will click on it. And then another thing is that like, my friend's dad said it the best is that in order to be an artist, you have to have the whole package. You have to have the look, you have to have the voice, you have to have the, um, what is it? The confidence, the flow, like you have to have you have all to be these able to brand things. yourself. Right. And it's like, the thing that pisses me off the most is like, I, I run with this group called the lads and that's a uh, Luke Chin Chin, awful piece striking DeMarco. And these guys are like the white slaughterhouse. These guys are so lyrically talented that I don't understand how they don't have millions of views or they're not on a tour because these guys like would blow anybody out of the water. But the problem is, is that it's their promotion game. Like, you know, like, like Luke does do promotion, but everybody else is that they're so lyrically dope is that they just don't want to promote. They themselves. don't like social media. They don't, there's a lot of people like that. And that's something that, you know, I'm glad that I had picked up. Um, I had picked up, I picked up on years, you know, I've been harassing the internet for like 14 years. That right. actually, that gave me the knowledge on how to be promoting, how to be, you know, how to be posting, using your hashtags, what are going to, what's going to get this scene, what's going to get that scene, you know, what's going to get it heard. Right. So, I mean, for those who hate social media, if you're in this business, you kind of have to learn the ins and outs of promotion. And if you don't know the ins and outs, you need to hire somebody who really does. Like I was explaining that before to somebody, um, they were asking me, oh, how do I get um, this person's video? How do I reach out to this famous person to get my video on their wall? And I was like, honestly, the best way to do it, because a lot of people do not read um like their comments because they're you know people people like your posts and then oh the comment went away i can't i can't see it on my uh, right. on my stuff so the best thing to really do is tag people in the stories mentioned you in your story they're gonna look at it right away and be like oh okay i'm in that so why don't i post it on my wall it's footage it's you know well, the thing is, is that like, even with doing that, that actually can backfire because like what I've learned is uh, like, even like with self-titled, I don't know if you know who that is. He's part of like Army of the Pharaohs. Um, he's done stuff with Vinnie Paz and Jedi Mind Tricks, um, Apathy of Demigods, they're both in Demigods. Um, I did a song with him called Hip Hop RX. And the thing that was great was that I got him on my album and then he decided to take that song and put it on the Tour Lord CD. So while he's touring all through Canada, he's putting the CD out and it's got me and him on it. So that gained me fans on that. It's all about building relationships. If you don't yeah. build a relationship with your favorite artist, then you're really not going to do shit. Like yeah, when people are like, where, where, what really pisses me off is like when people are just like, they'll hit like, they'll hit me up and be like, yo, I want you on my uh, album or I want you on my mixtape. It's like, okay, well, this is my price. Why, why do I got to pay you? What do you mean? Why do you got to pay me? You, uh, an artist is paid for his vision, not his labor. You're paying me for, you're paying me for how I look at things. Absolutely. So, right. And so this is something I, and I've been, I've been going at it on Instagram lately. I got people like watching my stories, you know, that they want to see what I'm doing. But if you're not like supporting in any way, shape or form, there's no reason why you should be keeping my stuff. And like, and, but also, also like you, we don't work for free. We do not work right. for free. Bills 
bills on top of bills they need to get paid but if these artists can go and spend all this money on chains music videos you know all these um lavishing like label um what is it designer labels and stuff like that then you could pay for podcasting you could pay for this you could pay for that like if you have right. that money dollar bills go all the way around I can right. a dollar and it could be in china or whatever and it could be in california the next day well, well that's also the other thing is that like if you like I hate when people like, uh, maybe this is going to sound like nonchalant, but when you buy name brand stuff, like why wouldn't you take that money, invest into your own clothing company? Like how you do, you have your queen of the trap hoodies, you have t-shirts, you have every, like literally everything. So that's how I knew you were doing it right. Yeah. Invest into that because when, I mean, I mean, this may be different for me, but like anytime I design like a shirt or like anything like that and I wear it, that's me. Like that, that's me yep. showing off. And then people be like, yo, I like that shirt. Where'd you get it? Oh, go onto my website. You can buy this one. You can get this one. You get this one. You got to spend money to make money. See, that's something that uh, I've been working on a little bit because I put out my own merch because, I, and it wasn't for sale. It was more so for myself because I was traveling um, you know, during Corona a little bit and mm -hmm. I was networking and I didn't have anything basically to show off. I'm a DJ. I'm DJ KDEF. I have an, I have a podcast called queen of the trap. So like mm -hmm. when I'm in the airport, I tell you so many people started following me just from my sweatshirt. So many people saw my man. I went into, um, I went into changing times to grab chicken wings the other day. And, <laughs> and I just see it. And I see somebody and I was like, queen of the trap i was like yeah you should follow my instagram followed right away right because i was wearing a mask because that's you branding and that's people interested in your brand that's a, again that's how you make uh fans that's how you gain a whole bunch of recognition and i tell everybody that it's like invest into your own clothing company invest into your own beats invest into your own music videos like i hate that like it's like Certain artists, they think that, oh, if I spend, you know, uh, let's say $600 on like a Gucci belt or like all this, it's going to, it's going to make Let me go buy a like Birkin a bag that costs more than my house. Right. And that's fucking stupid. Like you don't have to spend a shit ton of money to look good. What's going to look like the, the clothes don't make the player. The player makes the clothes. That, that's the uh, quote I've always heard. So it's like, why not invest into that? Like if you can spend $600 on some Gucci shit, why don't you take that 600 and get like a hundred hoodies or like get like 200 hoodies or something and sell that, make your own money. Absolutely. That you're thinking like a business person and that's, that's right. how people should be in this business. And you know, it takes money to make money. It, right. nothing, nothing happens overnight. Nothing is free. You have to, if you are really serious about this, you have to invest in yourself, but you also have to support other people too. you know, buy their merchandise, you know, wear it and show it off. Oh, even though, even though I'm DJ K dev queen of the trap, if I had a gem Alexander shirt, I'd be wearing it and, you know, showing it off to everybody because that's, that's somebody I support. And that's my friend, you know, right. People need to start doing that more. I know a lot of people in this business are about themselves, which is, you know, fucked up. And I gotta say that I am too, more so like, I've always loved working with the boys because I never have problems with the boys. Um, mm -hmm. It's more so the females that, mm, 
No, I've always been like a fucking dude and I don't tolerate that stuff. So it's ruined a lot of relationships, but I always try and give people the benefit of the doubt too, because like I'm a business person, you know, I have to give everybody a chance. But well, I mean, see, I'm the opposite was that like, I've always been like, you know, I've always hung around women. I never really hung around guys. Like, I mean, when me and you hung out, like we hung around like, you know, a mix of people, but I always hung out with women. That was just my whole thing. And the number one thing that I realized like in this industry is that women are always the number one suppliers is that let's say if a, a girl in, I don't know, uh, Canada, like loves my music and she's got a boyfriend. It's like, Oh yo, like I want to go to Jim's concert. I want to do it. He's going to buy her the ticket. He's going to get all the merchandise for her and everything. So you have to think of it in that aspect too. Is I've that never actually thought of it in that aspect. That's- well, because in my, in my sense and in, in my head, women rule the world. That's just how it works. Women literally can do anything. They can get into any industry, get into any kind of business, and it does not matter. Anything a a man can do, a woman can do better. And then that's just just straight up. Like, even the whole... Like, even the whole thing with, like, the OnlyFans shit is that, like, it went from, like, this... Go this... follow me on OnlyFans. Yeah, go follow on OnlyFans. There's no nudes, don't worry. Um, but that was, the, that was the whole thing, too, is that when OnlyFans came out, and I was just like, oh, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, why the hell am I going to subscribe to an OnlyFans? I'm like, you could just, you know, you watch it for free. go on the internet and, like, go look it up. Right. But on the other side of it is now OnlyFans is that they're expanding. Now they have, like, a workout, like, side to it, too. You didn't see that? They have they have on OnlyFans where you literally can hire a personal trainer on OnlyFans and they will literally connect with you, send you videos on how to work out. Yo, I'm telling you, this OnlyFans thing is making so much money, so much money. And I'm telling you, and I was going to do it for the hip hop buffet and Steve Sachs totally told me to like, go ahead and do it. I just never did, but it is such a great way to promote. It's, it's basically an Instagram for people to promote whatever the fuck they want on without having the content block of everything right well like instagram's going to flag you if you post up this instagram will put you know flag you for that they don't do that on OnlyFans, and you have the option to either have people to subscribe which will be like oh i'm curious what's behind that okay i'm gonna subscribe to it or you can make it free get everybody to follow it and then set a price and make some money because now you have all these people who are so in tune with what you have going on why don't you make some money off of it right it doesn't but have it, to be about sexual stuff and i've said that since day one i've literally said that since day one you could use only fans for anything it's like instagram yeah but it's like you know how many times i've been dm'd and asked like do you have an only fans account do you have this i'm like no i do not have an only fans account and it, it's nothing personal like i tell everybody if you have an only fans account i respect the hustle if that's you what you want to do, that you honestly should, and just not even put anything split on it. Just put, make a free account, put Gem Alexander, put what you do, like you know, put okay, I put out an album today, I put out a mixtape today. Get those people to follow, and then, and then you know, you could set a price, and you have all these people already following you, so people are gonna be like, ooh, why does he have? 8,000 followers. What's behind this account? Let me make some money off of this. 
Well, see, that was that was the problem was that like when I when I started like really thinking about it, I was just like, OK, if I make an OnlyFans, I'm like, I could do this kind of content and like it won't be explicit. But what was the problem was, is that everybody wanted explicit content and it was only women. They all were like, oh, just like do a picture with your shirt off or like, you know, do one like you're completely. Naked. I'm like, you know, I don't I don't do that. You know that that's not really me. But then I came to realize is that. I can make a shit ton of money, even if I did do that. But the problem, but the problem with that is like, I mean, I say this because this is just like how I am is that like, I don't want to do that kind of content because one is that like, it's on there forever. So therefore it's like, if I do get into a relationship or anything like that, they can do whatever they want. Right. They can send it. They can do all that. So I never wanted that to happen. That, that was also another subject that I got on with somebody was just like, uh, has, you being in the music industry affected, you know, your relationships, not just like with a girlfriend or even with friends. Questions. We got a little bit off topic, but I still have a <laughs> lot more questions. And that was one of the questions. So go ahead with your answer. Um. So, yeah, it's like I tell everybody, I'm like, yeah, the, the problem with me was that every time I got into a relationship, it was always the same bullshit I was fed. It was like, yeah, no, like I fully support you. Like I'm not insecure with myself. I know like these women want you, but I'm the one who has you. But so it would be like, I always timed it. It would be like four months into the relationship. And then all of a sudden, like I go on Instagram and like I'll have women say like, you're so hot, you're sexy as fuck, this, that, the third. And then my girl would get insecure about it. She start fighting with me every night. And then if I go to the studio, she thinks that I got groupies over there and all this other shit. And like, you know me, I don't cheat. Oh, yeah. That's one thing about females. I mean, I it could be males too, but I, I like I do have a dude's mentality. I just uh, I don't personally know when it comes to males how they think about that. But for hmm. females, we always do think like that. We're always going to be some sort of jealous. We're always going to want more attention than these other people. You know, that's something that's very difficult when it comes to relationships and being in this industry. And I, I, I actually, this is probably the first time I'm going to admit this. I got a lot more done career-wise in this industry than with just being single than being in a relationship. And I don't say that because I, I don't whore myself around in this industry. I'm yeah. a hard worker, but when you have a, like when you have a, a boyfriend or a significant other girlfriend, significant other, like it tends to get difficult sometimes. Yes. You both want to make money together. You both want to do this and that, but it also, it affects if you don't have the same life goals, you know what I mean? Right. So like, if, if I'm not seeing a DJ and I, I'm out there doing clubs and I'm out there doing this, like, you know, is he going to feel some type of way? But, but when you're when you're with somebody who's doing that exact same thing, sometimes you can relate to each other. Sometimes it's not difficult. Sometimes it comes easier. But mm. I will say being single in this industry it'll help you a lot more <laughs> well you have to be single because it's like or keep it get, off or keep whatever you're doing off social media well that's the whole thing you can't keep anything off social media everybody's got a phone you know everybody's got something that's a known fact. <laughs> exactly so that's it's a like known fact. <laughs> so it's like with me it's that like like again every relationship that i've had it's just always the same shit i always get fed the same bullshit and then it's like all of a sudden, it's like, you know, when when I'm single, I'm able to do everything that I want to do. I can go network with people. I can go, you know, meet with different, you know, people be like, oh, like you have a clothing brand like I do, too. And it's like, you know, that's the whole thing is that like I remember when in one specific time when I was in a relationship was like, you know, I would make one song every like four months because I was putting more into my relationship than I was in my career. Yep. And 
it got to a point where it was like, you know, this is, this is my therapy. Anytime that I write something and I put out music, it's my therapy because that's the only way I know how to like let out my emotions. So then it's like, once you do that and you're making moves and you're getting all this recognition, the, your significant other doesn't know how to handle it. Exactly. You know, like it, it, it bothered me. Like, you know, I've, I've dated, you know, uh, you know, I've dated one girl who was like a model. And, you know, she did photo shoots and everything like that. She would always ask me, ask for my opinion. Like, you know, I would always tell her, babe, babe like, this is your industry. So I'm not going to go to your photo shoots because it would be unprofessional for me yeah. because I don't want to, I don't want to see a guy take a picture of you in a bikini or like half naked or whatever. It's going to, you know, my mind's going to go somewhere. So I want you to do that. I will gladly meet them, say, how are you doing? And I'll go and go about my business. I'll go to the studio. I'll go right. I'll go do this. Then I had one incident where I met the photographer and I knew who he was and he was a scumbag. He just, he always, he just used that platform in order to get women and do all that. So yeah. I had to hold her. I was like, yo, you can't work with this guy. This guy has fucked you over. You were actually being honest and she didn't like it, did she? No, it, the thing was, she did like it because oh, okay. she didn't, she didn't really know him through a horn. Well, the only thing that always messed me up in my relationships is that I'm brutally honest. I'm very brutally honest. So it's like, I had one incident where, um, I was with somebody and then my ex from the relationship before that, she had called me, told me she was stuck on the side of the road and all this other shit. And I was like, listen, I'm in a relationship. I haven't talked to you in God knows how long. I ain't helping you. Yeah. Turn up the phone. My girl came home from work. I had told her. She flipped the fuck out. She was like, why the fuck does she have your number? Blah, blah. I'm like, first off, listen, I don't know how she got my number. Second off, I wanted to tell you this because I don't keep things from you. Anytime I'm in a relationship, I don't keep things from them. And again, people like us is that we're, we're very likable and we're, we, we draw a lot we of people draw a lot into of us. attention to ourselves, but that's yes. because we're artists. We work in this industry. I was actually just saying yesterday, like I, 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 I'm very, I watch who watches my stuff mm-hmm. um, because like, also it's not even because of like just people in general, it's like people in the industry. Oh my God. Like this person watched my thing. Like, that's awesome. I know that they're watching me now. So like I have to, you know, kind of put out their music a little bit and help promote so that I get the views. Like you got to think about it like that too. And you've also, you know, you've you've seen my five-year relationship and then the relationship I had after that I used to get a lot of animosity from those said ex-boyfriends because I was around DJs my whole life and I hung out with guys my whole life and it affected careers it affected things that I wanted to do like I wanted to make a mixtape oh well you're sitting at this person's house till 12 o'clock in the morning making a mixtape what are you really doing I'm really working I'm really working. If I had something to hide, I wouldn't even sit on it. Yo, I fucking do- tell you. And doesn't it piss you off that even, like you just said, you're sitting at somebody's house, you're creating a mixtape. Even if you show proof that you're literally sitting there creating a mixtape, they still find a way to like be like, no, that's not what you're really doing. You took this like at some other point in time and now you're trying to cover your tracks. I hate that shit. Yep. I deal with I deal with it all of the time, but I find myself doing it sometimes too, you know. And mm. and I don't mean to. It's just like you know, we we get curious and we get questionable. Right, but that's the thing. That people, to, but don't let it affect your bag. Do not. Let no. It, you no, need, no, no, no. You need to stop letting 
you know, your feel, and, and I'm trying to work on it myself because I'm always in my feels, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep the feels out of the industry because they don't want to fucking see that. They don't want to hear that. And they don't want to hear about your boyfriend or girlfriend fucking, you know, going around. Oh, well, what are you really doing? Like, they don't want you coming back and forth. I've realized right. nowadays I have to go and block people just so that I can keep focused on my career and what I'm doing so that I don't have these issues because that's gonna make me go crazy right but that's that's, also that'll make you go crazy and then that'll make you not want to make music and you're tending to your relationship because you're trying to stay you know with that person because you love that person so much but you love your music too what are you supposed to do and nobody no no significant other should try to take you away from something that you've been doing for so long like that that's that's another thing that i always say too it's like i would never like if, if my girlfriend was into you know painting or whatever i wouldn't tell her, yo you gotta stop painting to get a real job no you support that person in whatever they do you want to at the end of the day make your passion your paycheck and that's the most important thing so if you weren't in the music industry what would you be doing right now if i wasn't in the music industry what would i be doing um hmm i probably want to be a teacher really I probably yeah, because I've always like you being a teacher, but you'd have to cover those tattoos. Uh, well, it's more acceptable in this generation than yes, nowadays. So, yes, um, plus I got a owl, I got an owl on my throat. I don't have any like you know hateful tattoos or anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, I would I would love to teach art. Um, if I was if I didn't if I wasn't able I to do that. teaching, then I would love to work with like you know dis uh disabled children, like you know help them that way or be a counselor. So before we literally, if you don't know already, everybody, I have a disabled sister. And literally before we got on this Zoom, (laughs) I was upstairs. I was like, Nicole, I'm going to, I'm going to interview your boyfriend today. And she's looking at me like, which one are you talking? Because I refer to two people, you and um, this Kevin from uh, my town. He's a lot older, but you two are like the best around my sister. Like so good around her. And then that's so that's why every time I say boyfriend, like she knows and her, <laughs> she just lit the fuck up. I was like, Yeah, you'll see oh, him later. I'll tell him you said hi. I love Nicole. Hi, Nicole, by the way, when you see yes, this. Yes, Nicole. <laughs> that's my pride and joy, and he knows that. Mm-hmm. But no, that would that would be amazing, honestly. If you, I mean, hey, you never know. You could literally be doing anything. I worked in healthcare for six years of my life. I'm in the music industry. It took a little break because of Corona. I'm five mm-hmm. classes away from radiology school. I could be, I could be doing X-rays, you know. But at, at least I, at least I have something to fall back on. Right. Thing, you know were to happen where I'm not working in this industry anymore so it's always good to have a backup plan just in case um I also wanted to ask you so like you were you were in two groups you already said mm-hmm. um have you opened up for anybody have you done performances anywhere um I opened up for Sean Strange, uh, Paris Smith, EPMD. I've opened oh, up for EPMD. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was Gramercy Theater. That was in 2011. I opened up for Diabolic. Um, we went to a concert there together, Mister. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. But which, but which, which, which concert was that? I think that it had to have been one of Cottonmouth King concerts. I actually- See, I. 
every year when it pops up on my on this day, I'm sending you that picture. Um, oh my, oh my God, that's Brian right, you... ba- Brian, ba- Brian Babakin, and um, I think it was Ludog. No, yeah, no, it wasn't Ludog. Was no, we met. No, Dirtball. Yes, Dirtball. Yeah, see, this is how far we go back. Like, we literally used to go to these. Um, I still love Cottonmouth Kings. I will never get over them. I still promote the shit out of them. But that's how, like, we literally go back to going to those concerts. Chris Webby. Oh, my God. Chris Webby. The Chris Webby. I remember we got to the, the city mad early. You were tweeting him saying you couldn't wait for it. And then we end up getting there. And he was like a half hour to an hour late. You remember I violated him on stage? Yes, I remember specifically that you violated him. And I, I started dialing. I got on stage with him. Well, not with him, but I got on the, I got on the stage on the act before that. And you were there when I got kicked out of Cottonmouth Kings when I went on stage. Yes. I was there for both of those. And then you all went on stage for positive vibes and I'm outside. uh, If you could have just waited, if you could have just waited, but you had your time to shine. I got it on video. The (laughs) The only thing is, because my Facebook got deleted, I don't yeah. know if I still have that footage. But if I did screen record it and send it to you within 2016 and now, it's on my phone. So I think you tagged me in it once before. I, I think I screen recorded it. Pictures. And I do still have the videos from Chris Webby because when 10 years later, when this man uh, reached out to me, he was like, I never knew you were a fan. I go, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I <laughs> sent him all the videos and he invited me to his 10-year reunion, not knowing that would ever happen in life. But it's like, those are things that we went through in life that led us here today. That's music, you know? Right. That going to concerts and networking and opening up for people and, you know getting your music out there even when you're I've I've been to concerts where I'm like I don't know my placement when it comes to what I'm doing in this industry but I love this type of music and people always fucked with me they knew that like oh she likes trap music oh she likes Cottonmouth Kings like who would think and then you know you get to conversate with these people I was in the airport um I was wearing the mask the um the DJ K-Dev, Queen of the Trap. And mm-hmm. I laid it down and some kid next to me, I see him taking out his phone. I saw him adding my Instagram, but he was <laughs> like, I I just, pe- I don't want to be a weirdo, but I just peeped your page. I'm also a podcaster and I interview people in the industry. Do you think that I would be able to set up an interview with you? And I was like, see, like it's, it's you work all the time. We never right. stop working. It's all about networking yourself and it's all about, you know, just getting out there and letting people hear what what you have to bring to the table. Facts. And the, the number one, also the other thing is that you got to know when to like cut ties with certain people too. Mm. Like that's a, like, that's a big mm. thing. Like my, one of my, one of my best friends, um, Elena, like I've known her since high school. Like I, she's, she, I actually she's, saved her. No, this is a, di- this is a different Elena. Oh. You're, you're thinking of you're thinking of Elena that that we grew up with uh, when we went to those parties. Yeah. At, uh, yeah. So my friend Elena, I don't like um, names. it's all good. Um, she told me she actually said something really interesting the other day because I was like I was feeling pretty down because like 
ever since I released War of Attrition, which was two years ago, and I got 35,000 plays on that, was that I saw a lot of people who I, I had been friends with for like almost like 14 plus years just drop me like a ton of bricks yep. because they're like, why are you getting this recognition? Why, why, like, how are you doing this? How do you, and they're mad because I'm not like, I'm promoting them, but they don't want to listen to how I do things. Yep. So therefore, um, Elena told me, and it, I, I love this girl. Like she's one of my best friends. Um, she said like, if people want to exile you from their life, then they shouldn't be there in the first place. And it, it, it's facts. Like I, it's the same thing with relationships is that like, if you're not happy, then you just can't be with that person. You may love them. You may love them with all your heart and soul. Like, trust me, I, like, I've, I've been in love one time and I had to unfortunately cut it off because it was that it was making me more upset and it wasn't getting me anywhere. So it was like, do I cut this person off and like continue with my life or do I stay and be miserable? Either way, I lose. So yeah. I chose the other route. And what's really crazy is that I, even uh, one of my friend's dad says that the best medicine, which is really fucked up for artists, is heartache, breakup, um, depression, drug abuse, all that. Well, not and well, that's the thing, even in this generation is that like, even before this generation, like started doing pills and like all that stuff. Like I, I had a huge like pill problem. I was a huge drug addict it's when I was younger. It's more known now though. And it's but, so th but that was, bad. but that's what I got pissed off at was that you like, you would only glorify you doing drugs in your music. There was nobody going on into, cause there was no Instagram back then. We had MySpace back in the day. So it's like, you weren't taking pictures with Xanax in your hand or Percocets or any of that crap. You just would take pictures of yourself fucked up from that night and yeah. nobody would know what you were on. Yep. So it's like these kids nowadays, they think it's cool to glorify and do all that, which is, you know, it's ass backwards. But at the same time, it's like, you know, when like, the, like, it's like Juice World. If you listen to everything Juice World ever did is that all he talked about was his breakup with his girlfriend and him taking drugs in order to numb himself so he can not think about it. And yep. unfortunately, it ended up killing him. Yep. Rest in peace to Juice World. I remember, I actually remember that day too that that happened. Same with me. Uh, well, speaking of like things that have happened, did you actually see Little Reese? Um, no, I didn't see Little Reese. Um, it happened today at Chicago. Um, now, I look at it from two point of views because the internet can interpret anything in two different ways. Mm -hmm. see go look up Lil Reese after this interview but um you go on the hashtag Lil Reese and um they're coming out of a they're coming out of a parking garage somebody's all bloody somebody's holding a phone you fucking stole my car blah blah, blah. Lil Reese is leaking out of his head on the ground with a cop literally above him the thought he stole a car or he might have stole a car don't know, but mm. you could have had, you could have both had the same car. Did you look at the license plate? You just started shooting a man who you thought stole your car, or maybe he did steal the car. Fucking leaking. And that's another thing that's wrong. And I was going to actually ask you, um, how has the internet impacted the music industry? I have to tell you, everybody is so quick to put everything on the internet it's like, now you might ruin this person's career, but you don't know the actual story. This could have been anybody and saying, oh, this man stole my car. This man stole, they're in a parking garage. What if right. I gave the other person the wrong car? You don't know that. Well, first off, I mean, this how happened in you, Chicago. How would, you, how would you say that the internet has impacted the music industry? 
Well, I mean, th- that's the whole thing is that some people say like the internet ruined the music industry, which I mean, I can understand that because like, it's like back in the day, you used to just like, but literally like hand out your CDs or have people buy your CDs from the trunk of your car or like, or, you know, you would burn it like a CD. Like that's, that's also another thing. Like I know I'm an old head. I used to burn CDs, like burn demos. and like up until last August. Okay. So see, but still there's nothing wrong with that. So it's like the internet, it, it didn't technically ruin everything. It did ruin some. The only thing it ruined was privacy. You have no privacy. True. So it's like, no matter what, like that, that's another thing that I tell other people is that like, like, like there's some relationships that I've seen where it's like, you know, like Gucci, man, he shows off his wife all the time, like all the time. Me personally, I wouldn't want to do that. And it's not that because it's not saying that I don't love my wife. It's a simple fact is that if I don't keep my life private, then that leaves um, a door open for people to really like try and hurt me. Yeah. It's like they'll use anything against you. They'll 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 be like, oh, I saw her at the club and she was talking to so and so and blah blah blah. Then that gets you in mm-hmm. your head and doing. So like, yeah, the internet can be the like it can be devil work sometimes because again, you have no privacy. Like so, like you could be at a store and somebody's just grabbing their phone there in your face. Like, oh, you know, Jim's at the fucking convenience store. Blah. blah. It's like, dude, get the camera out of my face. I'm just buying I'm something. Just a to regular drink. person. I just want to live my life. Leave me alone. But that's where people don't understand is that you have to separate the artist from the person. It's like when I'm doing music and I'm this, it's that I'm Jim. Like, that's who I am. But then when I go home or I'm hanging out with my friends or anything else, I'm just Alex. Like, that's who yeah. I am. And people can't separate because when you have fans who just know you as the musician and they don't know you personally, they think like, oh, if he's talking about this, that, the third thing, then this is who he really is. No, you sit down, you actually have an intelligent conversation with me, then you'll realize it's like, this is just what I put into my music. Like the 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 one hit that I had, and I remember um, when I was watching the Hip Hop Buffet and anybody who's watching this, tune into the Hip Hop Buffet every Listen, fucking weekend. We Support will be it. back with season three, hopefully soon. Um, we switched studios. It's not open yet, but that's why we ended season two. He was on season two. Mm. I think you were on, were you? No, you weren't on season one, but you were on season two. We actually do want to bring you back um, for season three to be on the show to a interview you again and b just so that you can you know help us review music and stuff like that but you're somebody that a lot of people have been asking us to work with and they want to hear from i i can honestly tell you that because i had so tdk mm-hmm. uh, on my episode last week and he said you and rich stars are two people he actually wants to really work with yeah, I mean, see, that's also the other thing was that it was crazy because when I was watching it, I saw so many comments was just like, oh, like play like this joint by Jim or like, yo, when are you going to get Jim in the interview? And it's like, sometimes it's overwhelming, but it's like at the same time, it's like I have dedicated and like loyal fans that actually like want to hear everything. And it's like the one and there's always that one piece of music that everybody like they liked in the beginning. They hated like that one song that like blew up was start over. I fucking hate that record. I hate it. I think that um, might have been the. I think that might have been the. What everybody that I showed that, you ours. <laughs> yeah, see, well, because it's like it's the way that that record worked was that um I had gotten the beat from uh it was Dream I believe it was Dream Life yeah it was Dream Life so the whole point of the record was that it was the girl asking if we can start over and you know redo everything and get back to what we're doing and me and the verses I'm saying no. 
because yeah. all these different things have happened. Now, people always ask me, like, is this based on a true story? Like, did this actually happen? This, it's like, no, it's like, this didn't actually happen. Some it was like, good, I, some things are not. It's right, storytelling. Right. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on, you know, wax and like tell everybody like, yo, like, like there's certain pieces of that. Like, yeah, some of it was true. And some of it was, you know, fictional only because it's like, th that's also the other thing that I always did was that like, I would always watch my friends and see what they were getting into. And then yeah. I would interpret that into my lyrics. So it was the same thing when I did the um, Believe Me remix. That's not based on me. That was based on one of my friends that was, you know, crying to me and he was upset. And unfortunately, I got stoned as hell with him. And I ended up going upstairs like, yo, I got to write a record. I'll be right back. I wrote the record in like 25 minutes because it, it was just pouring out of me. I was just like, yo, like, this is something I could talk about. Look at but, me. Queen of the Trap podcast. I, I've like never done half the drugs that these people talk. I, I don't even own a gun, but I love <laughs> trap music. I love everything about it. Who is anybody to stop you from what you love? You can't, right. like, they're not going to stop you from making, telling a story about somebody else. They're not, you know, nobody should stop you from getting your bag and nobody should stop you from doing what you love and perfecting your craft and your art. I'm sorry. Right. It's just, it's, I hate, I hate when people get knocked down about everything. It sucks, but you are so right when it comes to, you have to cut people off in this, in, you know, you have to cut friends off. I've learned that a lot in this, you know, being in this industry too. I grew up like not listening to what my friends, you knew my group of friends. Like yeah. I had a big group of girlfriends. They didn't listen to what I liked. And you know what? I wasn't going to let them stop me from what I love doing. And I know they're probably pissed off that they're <laughs> me doing great nowadays, but you know what? I'm loving my life. I'm doing what I enjoy. And like, you weren't going to stop me then. And you're not going to stop me now right and you know and also what's really crazy is that i've i've heard like besides the fact that me and you have a personal relationship like we've yeah. known each other for so long it's like when i hear your name whether it's good or bad it's publicity it's like if somebody's bad mouthing you i've always defended you like from the the jump i always defend you it's just like Maybe yo like it's, somebody says some bullshit it's just like yeah like it's like i remember some dude was on instagram was like talking mad shit and i was just like yo like get the fuck out of here blah 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 you don't know what you're saying and then it's just like you know that's the whole thing though is that like you know, you have to piss off some people. You have to. Because um, if you rub it, people the wrong way, because then you know what? We don't start stuff and then we don't get noticed. Right. And that that's that's the number one thing I tell everybody is that all publicity is good. Well, some publicity is not good, but all publicity to me is good publicity, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Talking about before, sorry to cut you off, but before right. I forget, another thing that you were talking about before is like keeping you and your artist separate like you know a lot of people don't know the real carrie i'm the sweetest person in the fucking world i would give my, my back to anybody but dj k dev is about to get a pop in <laughs> pop in if you start some shit like right you know me <laughs> plenty of people in this world and i've seen you flip out on plenty of people too yes i have but that that's the thing it's like you have to you have to know when to keep shit separate sometimes and a lot of right. people a lot of people in this industry don't know how to do that so it's like you have to cut those ties right now 
I wanted to ask you another thing. So, like, I, you know, I got all these questions, but we're not really going <laughs> off of these questions. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm I'm really trying to. But um, something that I admired and I noticed recently was you had a red man shout out. No, yes. Yeah, now, it was red how, man. how did that come about? How did you how did you get in contact with him? So the way the way that that all happened was um, so first off, Red Man is like one of my all time like all time favorite MCs. Okay, like I, Long I, Island, I, New York, let's get it. Uh, yeah. He's he's Jersey, Brick City. So it's like I, I fucking saw Method Man for the first time ever open uh, for Dave East. Dave East is another fucking beast. Like, but like, he slept on hard. Um, slept on. Did you did you watch that versus battle between Red and Meth? Yes, I did. Oh my god, that shit was crazy. See, okay, I'm not I'm I'm gonna get back to the question, but okay. see the thing the thing with me is that the versus battles, I don't like the fact that they're only doing it off the songs that they came out with. It's like you already know what's popular. So it's like instead of doing it that way, why wouldn't you do it where literally they're versing each other? So what the thing is is with that. It's not based off of us. It's not based on on the people that listen. Like we're there to listen because that's what we grew up on. But mm-hmm. the verses is and I and I try to tell people this a lot. Verses was the best thing that could happen to this generation because mm-hmm. there are kids, there are people out there that have no idea about these artists. No idea. I'll tell. I'll tell you. Um, the one that was the escape, uh, Ti's wife. Half hmm. the songs that they sang, I didn't even know. I had no idea. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I went and go. I went and downloaded some of them that I actually didn't know about, just so I can have them for DJing in my library. But it's really not about us because we grew right. up listening to all of these things. This younger generation doesn't know these artists the bands the music so that is one thing that swiss beats timberland they i'm so happy they did this but you're right because when it came to when it came back to gucci man and jeezy you know i was so so disappointed in um gucci man's library i was like Mm -hmm. he could have played this he could have played that but in his mind, he didn't give a fuck. He just wanted to literally diss Jeezy the whole time. Yeah. But as as people who looked up to you, grew up, you know, grew up listening to you, we want to hear the bangers. We want to hear you perform what you performed t- ten to twenty years ago. We want right. that. So I do think that it, it's a little bit mixed, but it's more versus is more so for the younger people yeah but it's like you know i'm not saying like it has to be battle rap specifically but it's like you know like i would be more intrigued if like they created like maybe five songs and they only did it on verses like going at each other that would be sick like that that i still think that their their whole entire verses was great though oh yeah I just did, I I loved the Method Man and Red Man versus battle. All the other versus battles, I was kind of like, eh, like this is just them really yeah. performing their hit songs. So it's like I've already heard this, I've already seen it in concert. So it wasn't really my cup of tea. Like that's why I like I watch battle rap. 
I love battle rap. I want to see somebody get in your face. I still want to hear how you came about with the Redman thing, but I do. That's what I'm doing. I want to improvise. Well, I want to, you know, do a little promo real quick because you should definitely be involved with this. Um, Steve Stacks called me today. Well, he called me. Shout out to Steve Stacks. Shout out to Steve Stacks. Um, Well, he actually called me while I was last in Alabama and he was like, I got a proposition for you. We're going to start this Long Island Cyphers every Friday night and we want you to be the DJ basically all I'm gonna do is be playing instrumentals and you guys are going to be going in so as of today I have the date we're starting June 4th um mm-hmm. oh so- man I'll be in Vegas okay so you come the next- <laughs> well, okay I'm okay gonna be- I'm gonna be back down there for my birthday so I mean because I-, I need some tur- I need to get the fuck out of New York I need to turn up <laughs> down south and get actually get worked i'm i'm hoping to dj on my birthday so we'll see Mm. oh wait i didn't even tell you i'm going to dj holiday's house what for my birthday how the hell did you get that new era thank you for Uh, that new era damn okay that's my team that's my team i i want everybody to know that's my team like i've never had a team you know, I ran with like um, YDJIC and, and I still love them, their family, um, Danja, Tommy, Mnemonic, all of them. But, you know, me, I, I wanted, I wanted to be put more down South. I wanted to right. know where I know my music, I, I, doing things I want to do, meeting the people I want to meet. So actually it's a funny story. Um, DJ Holiday blocked me. <laughs> Uh, around Christmas time what? I don't know whether it was either because I was harassing the internet and I was promoting the queen of the trap but, or or he got weirded out after the fact that I was like I want to buy your holiday season you know holiday season holiday yeah underwear like he was putting out for Christmas men's boxers that were like DJ Holiday I was like I'm gonna mm-hmm. buy these they're collectible <laughs> so I don't know if he got weirded out by that or or it was the promoting so he blocked me and I heard you know New Era told me he had an interview with him and I was like you know what you better ask this man why the fuck he blocked me and so <laughs> I'm literally I just like I took out my hair extensions I just got comfortable <laughs> I look disgusting and I get a phone call from him and I'm like, what's up? And he was like, um, tell this man what you told me. And I, all of a sudden it's DJ Holiday on my fucking phone. And I'm like, this is the greatest <laughs> thing in the world right now. This is so dope. But like, why the fuck did you block me? He's like, I didn't block you, blah, blah, blah. So long story short, after we got off the phone, um, a new era was like, he invited us both to his house um, the mm. week you come down. And I was like, that would literally be the best birthday person in the world man's fucking dj oh my god go to his house come on now um (laughs) it helps having a team though sometimes and i was talking to you about that before i was doing everything on my own for so long and yes i built a name and i built a brand for myself but it doesn't it doesn't hurt to ask for help and i'm learning about that more nowadays it's not comfortable doing because Mm. sometimes you do seem like a burden sometimes you do feel like a pain in the fucking ass and you're bothering them but it will benefit you and it's okay to ask for help 
Facts. I mean, like, that's the whole other thing. It's like asking, like asking for help on certain things. Like if you don't know something, like that's also another thing that people have to realize that no matter what, you're always learning in this music industry. You don't master anything like ever. Like the whole point of it is like, yeah, you can master your yeah, you can master your craft, but you got to learn the business side of everything. So yeah. until you learn the business side of everything, you're not really going to make it too far. And that's what I keep telling. Like, okay, with the whole Redman thing was like, you know, I've been trying to get Redman on a project of mine for years, years. So- I've, I've been wanting you guys to get on a fucking project <laughs> together. Who are you kidding? Well, I mean, that's all other thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that, you know, I'm, I'm in contact with like his management team and everything else. So it's like, I will eventually like get that going. But the whole thing was, so I had yeah how did you go about getting that so I contacted his management team I sent over like my music and everything else and then I was just like you know listen like I've always been a fan of Redman since I was a kid I bought it like his first album I bought was Dare is a Dark Side like that was the craziest album then I got Muddy Waters and so on and so on so what I did was I contacted them um I tried to get him on a feature and then you know they said like this is the number one thing people don't understand is that Redman don't do shit for free so it's not it's not, not Right. So it's that like for that particular video was that all I did was send the music, pay a promotion fee, and then I got the video. So once I got that, I was ecstatic. I was just like, yo, this is fucking crazy. He's promoting yeah. my new single. And it was it the song was about getting high. So who else better to so do who that else than Redman? You fucking put on there. No, so like the reason why I asked that was because like I found that so fucking dope. Like I saw it pop up while I was away and I was like, he got red man like fucking <laughs> uh, this is so so good for him maybe he's gonna get a feature and like and then so you know people were telling me uh, people told me they were like oh mm-hmm. you could buy those things and i'm like yeah you can but as a dj i know i sit there and i fucking contact artists all day long i contact mm-hmm. their management can i get a video drop can i get a dj drop it's not easy it's really not of course and if people are gonna hate the simple fact that you're you're paying somebody to promote like an album right they're like like this is the thing that i hate is that people think like just because you're so dope that you should get things for free nobody oh. does things for free so you have to pay for features you have to pay for shout outs you gotta pay to be on somebody's mixtape like i also believe though if you are getting something for free you should be paying paying that person back in some way other you know like you should be helping them get gigs you should be giving them a feature or studio time or something like that you know help each other out don't be like okay well fuck you you paid me already bye right like that's my like that's my also my other rule is that I tell people is that like like somebody like you or like anybody that's in my camp like I would never charge for a feature if you wanted me to do a, like a DJ drop or anything like that because those are people in my circle they don't have to pay people outside of my circle that's a whole different story yeah. so people get tight about that they're just like oh why are you gonna help your people out and you're not gonna help like the little guy but it's like listen like I've been doing this for so long it's that nobody gets handouts so it's like if. I'm able to like, okay, you, you have the the podcast, you have your clothing line, everything else. Instead of me going out to buy like, again, Gucci or fucking, you know, whatever That's other clothes. Is, right. I'd rather support my friends, put money in their pocket because I know they're going to invest and it's going to blow up and it's going to go somewhere else. Like once again, karma. it will come back to you. Right. So it's that, why would you spend all this money on some bullshit rather than invest into your friends and do all that? Like I've told, 
it's even like what, what my, my brother Strike, Lou, and everybody else is that I would never, it doesn't matter if I was a millionaire and I was doing shows all across the world, I would never charge them for any features. I would never charge them to be on tour with me. None of that. Well, it's because you have what? to. I'm sorry. You have no, to. That's, you but that's the, too. No, but that's the thing. If I'm, if I'm doing a tour and I'm the headliner and they're my openers, therefore, yes, they'll get paid from the venue or like, you know, well, the, the company. Story. venues venues are different stories because it it goes through like the venue and then the management and then you got to distribute the money ev- to everybody it's not so much just you but, right but go on go on but if i but if i have millions of dollars and i'm living comfortably then why can't i just put a little bit of money into this be like okay like this is for my brothers that you know they have families they have homes they have bills they gotta pay so why wouldn't i give them some money off of this, have them come on tour with me, get them more fans and make them gain their own traction and be into their own lane. And at the same time, you hope that they're going to do the same thing for you in return, because a lot of people in this industry, they think the handout is the handout and then they mm -hmm. keep coming back for more. It don't work like that. Just because I like, I gave you a freebie doesn't mean you're going to get everything free for now on. Like we're both working, like, you know? So I try to tell people that too. Yes. And I'll, I'll use this as an example. Um, so when I first started like doing the queen of the trap podcast, I was afraid to ask people for money, like, because I was still learning like the business and compensation side to it. Yeah, yeah. So the one part, one of the people that I didn't um, charge, I was like, I'm not going to charge you, but I hope that, you know, I'll use his name, DJ tone. I mm. told him, you know, I'm not going to charge you like blah, 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 blah. And he just gave me my first show this Thursday that I'm going, like, I have my first Long Island time to show off and shine. So it's like, he got my back, I got his. If mm-hmm. people in this industry do that, that is a great thing. But sometimes people take advantage of the situation and they're like, well, you know what? I ain't gonna pay you. Like, what have you done for me? Like, until you do something for me, I'm not gonna do something for you. And it's kind of oh, yeah. fucked up. It is kind of fucked up. And we see that a lot in this industry because a lot of people are about themselves. But when it comes to like, us, you know. Well, that's that's also another thing that I learned like throughout the years was that like you once you start gaining traction, you start like gaining all these numbers and everything, you have to set prices for yourself. So like mm-hmm. so if you're an artist, set prices for how much you charge for verses, hooks, um, even appearances like I that was the number one thing I always never knew was that you can charge to appear at a party. Yep. Like if somebody wants you there. I never knew that. So I right put after that- our interview, our price, go- my price goes up. It's at 100 bucks now. Exactly. But see, there you go. Like, that's also the other thing is like, know your worth. So it's that if you believe that you're worth that amount, then you're worth that amount. And if somebody really believes in you and somebody really is a fan, they'll pay that because they want you on their side. So like people think like it's ridiculous. Like I charge anywhere between it. It it depends. Like if I don't know you through like a hole in the wall, it's like, okay, I charge a thousand dollars for a verse. Yeah. And that's the only reason because of that is because I've already established myself. Like this is what this is my price. I can, and then it's I like, can I can afford to help you somewhere. That's what it is. 
Exactly. It's like, you know, like if it's like, okay, you, you don't have that many subscribers on YouTube. You don't have that many plays on Spotify, but if you link with me and you get me on a feature, then I Our can. Our song might blow up. We might get a lot of money for it. We're going to get a lot of publicity. Right. My fans become your fans. Your fans become my fans. It, it all works in that. But again, it's that certain people don't want to do that. And I can't tell you how many times I've literally had people DM me like, oh, you're not just going to do this for me on the arm. Like I knew your brother or I knew like two people you worked with. Like that's that's another thing that always pissed me off is that like, OK, just because you are friends with my brother or you're friends with, you know, one of one of my best friends. That doesn't mean you get it for free. They get it for yeah. free because I've known it for so long. You I don't know you threw a hole in the wall. Exactly. So, so if you're gonna get mad at me for a price, then don't even do business. That that's it. That was another thing that I I got taught um by one of my boys was that like he said he was like you know when you pay for artists to be on your albums like I'm gonna put this straight out on wax is that every person I have on my album I had paid for them to be on my album because money to me when it comes to that I'm getting all these people that I grew up listening to these are my childhood idols I put that they're worth more than money to me. It's a simple fact that I have them on a song and that's going to be played out throughout my whole life. Absolutely. And the, the other thing that I came to realize is that like when I wake up in the morning, I see like the plaques that I have, all the posters of all the shows that I've done. And it wakes me up and it motivates me. It's like, okay, like I got, you know, 50,000 on this. Now I want to get a hundred thousand. Now instead of a hundred thousand, I want 500,000, 500,000 into a million. Like you gotta, you gotta set your goals higher than what you did the year before. Absolutely. It's all about, it's all about progressing. Right. You have to progress. Like you can't just be boxed in your whole life. You have to try things new. You have to work with people. You might not even want to work with that artist, but they might be willing to pay you a chunk of money to like, just have a verse on the track. Fuck it. Go out of your element, get out of your box, put it out, see what happens. It's right. art. Somebody, music is universal. Somebody's going to connect with it one way or another. Yeah. And also, I say, I mean, maybe you'll disagree with me, but I also look at music as a form of immortality. It's that you'll always live on forever. Like, look at, look at DMX, oh, God, God rest his soul. It's that he is forever immortal because no matter what you put on a DMX song, it brings you back to that point in time of when you listen to it. Or, Elvis. Uh, yeah, yo, your mom with Elvis. Like, I remember one time I had a conversation with your mom about that, and when she well, asked, like, "Do Elvis. yeah," she's like, "She's like, do you like Elvis?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm more of a Johnny Cash fan." I'm like, "I wasn't really because my aunt was into um, Elvis, and I didn't." That's the thing. I don't hate on Elvis, but it's like you know, some people say he's iconic, and like I get it, but it's rock like rock and roll, but. I still think king of rock and roll could be two different things. It could be it could be hardcore rock and roll or it could be mm -hmm. like what he put out. Right. And it's like, you know, again, I don't hate on Elvis on what he did. There's there's certain things I don't agree with. But yeah. again, it's like, you know, I respect the man for sticking to what he wanted to do in life. But again, who is my pick of the litter it's johnny cash i love johnny cash and i hate country i'm not though I, no, no 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 i'm not but but that's the thing i i fucking hate country music i can't stand country music so i got into country music uh, oh, I, so i got a little bit into it when i was like seeing a biker back in the day um mm -hmm. that's all he would listen to and i'm just like all right let me try and give it a chance and i i did i did start I'm fucking with it. But like I said, you, music is universal. Everybody's going to adapt to it one way or another. The song by um, 
what's his face oh my god the beautiful crazy that is literally my life story um <laughs> what is his name oh my god the beautiful crazy i don't even know beautiful crazy she can't help but amaze me oh, i have no idea i forgot i'm having a brain fart but like like luke, like the one luke. what no not luke it's not Kane Brown, is it? No. Um, like Kane, Br- Kane Brown, I fuck with. It's not Luke Bryant. Um, no, not Luke like, Bryant. Uh, I hate to even say that. He's like a chubby new. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I'll, I'll probably remember it after or in between us talking. Yeah, but, then you could, you could like, text me if when you find sometimes, out. Sometimes we can relate to these things because, like, you know, it's what they're saying. It's not so much the country part of it. I'm. I love everything about the South, but I, I don't think I'm that country. I love. I love fishing and camping, but I, I'm not mm. country. You won't catch me wearing a freaking cowboy hat and cowboy boots, like. Yeah, Confederate flag or any of that crap. No. Yeah, that's not me. But, like, I, like, like again, like I don't. Okay, like me personally, it's like I don't. Maybe I like certain country artists. Like I like old school country, like Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, and like the only one person that I can I can stand listening to that I think is talented is Kane Brown. He does like country, he does pop. Kane Brown actually, he's he's got such a unique voice and such a great voice is that I've heard him do his country shit and I've heard him do his pop shit. It's like okay, he's. He's able to blend those elements together to make his own sound. That I respect. I can't listen to the, you know, like, ride my truck, doing all that. Like, I can't listen to that crap. I'm sorry. It's just, it's not me. I'm not a country boy. I'm a yep. Long Island, New York kid. Absolutely. So, like, I'd rather, we like, We listen okay. to real New Yorkers. We listen to, like, Uncle Murder and, like, EPMD and Wu-Tang and all of that out here. Right. And it's like, it's like, it's like, I try to like, even when I was in Florida and I tried telling people like, Oh, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Long Island, New York. They're like, where? And I was just like, uh, Queens, I guess. And that, that's all they know. They don't know. They literally don't know nothing about Long Island. And it they pisses don't. me off. Like we've had so many fucking artists come out of Long Island where, uh, what was it? We had, um, uh, Buster Rhymes. We've had, um, Everlast. I saw him at One Oaks once. Um, he was standing right next to me and I wasn't sure if it was him, but mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this man is huge. That's <laughs> but I was, too Buster, nervous. I was too nervous to walk up to him. Buster Rhymes is one of the, well, not, well, he's like, to me, he's one of the most intelligent people like that I've ever like watched in interviews and stuff. Like I remember I watched one interview where he said he was just like, you know, he says Swiss answers his, uh, answers his phone calls whenever he calls him. He's like, I want somebody to reciprocate that same energy because if you don't reciprocate that same energy, then there's no point of you being in my life. Absolutely. Which it's true with friendships and everything else. Like again, I'm the same way. I don't give a fuck how tired I am. I don't give a fuck what I was doing that day. Like you call me, I will answer. And if I I don't answer you right away, there's a legit reason why I didn't answer. Yeah. I will call you back. I hate I hate when people say it. It's like certain people like in my life where it's that they say like. Oh yeah, like you know, I'll I'll go above just like you. I will give somebody the shirt off my back. I will go above and beyond for somebody because that's how I was raised. Certain people they don't give that same energy, and then when I yep. cut them off, they get pissed off. They're like, what do you think? You're better than everybody. It's like, no, that I don't think I'm better than everybody. It's like, it's like when somebody tells you, I want to give up on you so so easily because like you're not doing exactly what you want them, what they want you to be doing. But it's like you're learning and like. 
it's 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 very hard in this industry you know we try to we try to please everybody but we can't we just have to be good people and you know stick to what we love doing and what we know yeah and it's like there's a there's a i don't know if you ever heard of the dayton family they were a group out of detroit and there's a song called what would you do and in the song one of the MCs says like pick your friends wise never let them pick you yes which is not a long time ago but which it right which is facts it's like you know the the way that i mean my friendships always started either it was i fought the person and became friends with them right or um i met them in a fucked up situation where it's like oh like we got caught smoking weed or like you know we, we we got caught fucking trying to take beer from the fucking iraqi shack or some shit like that like and that's what how friendships develop but it's like Somebody comes out of the crowd and it's just like, oh, I want to be friends with this person. Then I get in my head. I'm like, what are you trying to gain what, out of me? Exactly. What are your intentions? What? Are, and it's not right. always about that. It's not. Like, hmm. you know, I've gained a lot more friendships in this industry so quickly because just being myself and being open and honest and truthful as opposed to like the people I've been friends with for fucking years that they don't they don't know me like they don't know anything that I'm really doing what I'm involved in you know you got to choose your friends wisely and right sometimes people will take advantage uh like I realize it a lot more nowadays when I was saying like um I noticed somebody from high school who never who never watches my stuff. They peep my stuff the other day and I'm like, "What is your interest? What is your interest now? You weren't you weren't looking at any of my stuff back in 2011 when I was a senior and you were a year younger than me, but now mm. all of a sudden I got a name for myself. I built a brand for myself. I'm a CEO. Why are you all of a sudden, you know, because they're trying to gain something out of you You want something out of it and i'm just not that person right and it's like even when i released that um all i need i get high uh music video was that once it started gaining traction it really started gaining like a lot of uh recognition was that i had a lot of people hitting me up and they were just like yo the video's dope it's like yo i don't i haven't heard from you in like 10 years yep it's like why why are you hitting me up now and then i would have people that like i was friends with and they were just saying nasty shit to me. They're just like, oh, why the fuck are you popping? Like, you're not even fucking that good, Baba. It's like, dude, like, that was also another thing I hated. Anytime I went to a party, and I, that, actually, you were there for one of them. Was that, um, what the fuck was that kid's name? Um, he used to live in Northport, and it was right over by where that old McDonald's was. He had the big parties in the backyard with the hot tub and all that shit. Steve, uh, no, Strat's house. Is there it, you go. Steve, um, Steve Strat or uh, Yeah, Steve Strat. Strat. Rest in peace to him because um, he actually passed away, passed away. Um, probably, I think, the year after we, we were done partying at that house. That house was crazy, number one. That was uh, almost as crazy as the Stony Brook house. I will admit that. <laughs> I remember when, when you were just talking about the Elena before, not mm. that these people know who she is, but mm. um, there were girls from my high school. No, actually, it was the other way around. Hold on. Elena, that said person, was trying to fight people I went to high school with that actually used to bully me. And I jumped in and I fought a whole bunch of people for these girls and they were like never would we have ever thought 
Carrie would ever do something like that. Mm -hmm. We tormented her our whole lives. And like, but it's like, you know, sometimes you just got to be a good person and stick up for people and give people benefits of the doubts. But like, also that house was fucking crazy. Oh yeah, like the the one thing. Those I are hated. people we probably shouldn't have been friends with growing up, but it was also a lesson learned. Well, yeah, that was the thing. Was that like going to going to that specific house and going to those parties? It was the same thing. Like uh, I'm not going to mention names, but you remember the, the O'Connor, like going to their house and partying. Oh, yeah. Like, like yo, the number one thing I used to hate all the time going to parties is everyone would be I like, oh, they find their parties though. Oh, I went to a million. Like the the one thing I hated when anytime I go to a party is when people found out that I made music. They'd be like, okay, rap. It's like, what the fuck? I'm chilling, bro. Like, what, what do you I mean? Don't, I don't, I don't rap. Wanna, I, I'm not in my element. It's not, it's not even the fact that I'm not in my element. It's like, yo, I'm here to hang out. I'm here to chill. I'm not, I'm not in I'm the booth. I'm not right. And I would hate when people do that. And then I would always get in trouble. Anytime I would battle people at parties or, or, or at uh, parks or the block or whatever. And I remember one specific time I was in Kings park. I don't remember whose house it was, but I battled this one kid, Ivan. And I think I know who's I think it was we were at um Gavin across the street from um it was over in Lance's area. Yes, across the street from Mazio's. Yup. And I remember I battled this kid and I I completely slaughtered him. And after the battle, he wanted to jump me with him and his friends. And my boys were just like, yo, like it's a battle rap. Like, why the fuck are you getting so sensitive over it? Like, okay, you're mad that this fucking half a Rican fucking got you on your fucking bars and like all this other shit. It's just like, that was also the thing that I loved the most was that I grew up on battle rap. I always listened to battle rap. I was always that person. I'm excited for these ciphers. I'm not going to lie because I grew up on that too. And I watch, you know, the people from Wilds and Out, they actually have um, separate from Wilds and Out, they have a whole bunch of cypher videos of Mm -hmm. people that actually like, you know, they do rap and they, you know, they do have bars like they've been doing a lot of cyphers. I forgot his name. I wanted to mention it. I don't don't remember what (laughs) it is. But he's phenomenal. And like, that makes me want to bring back battle rap and stuff like that. So when Steve Stacks asked me about that opportunity, I was like, fuck yeah, because I know there is also, this is what's different between Long Island and like, uh, well, New York and the other states. Mm. I feel like New York is more raw when it comes to their lyrics. And, mm-hmm. and like, cause they've been, they've, you know, look at, look at fucking wine dance. Look at the, you know, they've been <laughs> through the struggles and stuff like that. So they have more to talk about and right. like they're raw with their shit. Look at, look at Dave East with Harlem, you know, like he really went through all of that shit. It's just raw. It's the, it, and it works because everybody's going to listen to it. Everybody can sort of relate to it in a way. And that's why I'm really excited about these ciphers because there's people on Long Island. And that's why I also keep, you know, the Hip Hop Buffet podcast. That is a Long Island, New York based podcast. I didn't know a lot of Long Island, New York artists aside from you and Blazin. Blazing, blazing is another motherfucker. And, and um and Primo, sorry, and Primo. We got to give Primo his props. Of, co- of course, he's been doing this for a very long. Time. And see, you know, that's also another thing. What's crazy is that you bring up Primo. I was gonna bring him up. Is that Primo? I've known Primo since I was thirteen. So it's like he was the one who showed me how to like do scratch DJ because in his basement, his dad gave him like the DJ set. Yeah. So I learned how to scratch records under there. 
um, with Primo is that, you know, he, this kid can pour out lyrics like nobody's business. But the problem with it is, is that, and I always tell people this, is that, okay, if you make a song today, you don't have to release it tomorrow. Yeah. always go back to it, re-listen to it. If you want to change words, if you want to mix it differently, like that's the whole thing. And that's Ooh, what I hate is that. Yeah. But that's also the other thing is that like, even with mixtapes, like mixtape material, album material, you know, all that's all different, but it's when you're putting your heart and soul into this. So why would you half-ass yourself? It's the same thing with painting. You don't just paint something and say it's done. It takes a while for that to be done. To perfect it. It's not right. perfect. Exactly. At least take everything that you've done and reflect on it so that you can move to the next level for your next project, your next track, your next whatever it is. It's, of course. It's like plan, prepare, you know, go over what... I listen to my mixtapes over and over and it's annoying. I'm sure people are like, I don't want to hear this track. I don't want to hear this mixtape anymore. But it's mm -hmm. like, I do it for myself so that I can perfect my first two mixtapes I had help with now I'm doing them all on my own because I'm I'm a DJ so it's right. like when I started when I put out my first one I wanted it to be just as good as the first one I ever did but it's like you're doing it on your own now you got to start somewhere and you can perfect this but make sure your next one tops that one exactly you need to show your progression right and that's that's also why i titled like the the album i'm working on is called from nothing to something and the reason I why i'm going to ask that was my next question what is next because i'm um, finishing up the question what is next for you like what's next for me um i'm gonna be shooting another music video in july um i haven't decided what single i'm actually gonna be shooting for but i will be shooting another music video and i'll have the album done around like the middle of summer toward the end of the summer like my whole thing is that i keep revamping it because the title of it means a lot to me because it, it literally from nothing to something it literally means a lot to me because i did come from nothing and the fact that i'm working with all my idols and people that i looked up to it's that i became something now i got all this recognition i'm right there with you right so it's like you know it's my first debut album and then on top of that i'm gonna be doing um the uh rips the hits volume one rips the hits volume two and then i'm also working with um rips the hits if people don't understand what that means is that um i take industry instrumentals that have already been popular and I remix them into whatever I want. No, it's not a cop off of Mercules or anything like that. People have been doing it way before Mercules, not discrediting Mercules. We love Mercules though. I, I love Merc. I hope to work with him one day, but um, he was great. You know, it was funny. I actually saw somebody yesterday who told me that and they're like, yo, what's really crazy is Carrie was the only girl there and literally still knew all the lyrics. Dude, it was a two, but I got to tell you that whoever marketed or I don't know if it was just because they had the tour date, whoever put his fucking concert on a Tuesday night in the middle of a work week there, I tell you, but this is, this is something that I realized being at that show. You don't have to have a lot of people at your show to put on a great show. All Mercules had to do was tell people to move up to the front more. Mm. And he interacted with his crowd. He, he, he grabbed my cell phone out of my fucking hand and just started going like this. I'm like, Mercules has my cell phone. Am I going to get back now? Um, do, am I going to be able to post this? Like he was so interactive and he knew that like a lot of people didn't, 
know his album tracks. They knew more so of the YouTube remade tracks. Mm -hmm. So he put, he made it a point to do all that. And if you hear me, when he played Old Town Road, I'm screaming the lyrics. Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorite. That's what, I mean, I always liked Mercury's, but that was one of my favorite tracks country wise. I was never into country that made me, okay, I think I may be able to fuck with country a little bit. <laughs> so like, my, it works my, for people. What was it? My favorite by Merc was uh, when he did the future remix, commas or whatever it was, huh. comments or some shit like that. Pick a McDonald's, yeah. McDonald's no, yeah. That used to be mine, here. you and Steven's inside joke for a Right. While. I loved, I loved that remix. And then down. Yo, I love that song. And then, and then he started coming out with like real material. Like I remember that Conor McGregor song I thought was pretty clever and pretty dope. Even though like a lot of people have done it. Like Mac Miller did that with Don, uh, Donald Trump. Like, you know, you take a famous person's name, make it into a song, rest in peace, Mac Miller. Um, we but then it's like, we didn't see him in concert. no, we didn't see him in concert. The only people we saw in concert was Cottonmouth Kings, Chris Webby. Um, oh my god, I know there's more people that we saw. I'm trying to remember. Dirtball had PE, um, Dirtball had PE. Uh, um, Blazing Dead uh, Homie, remember Blazing oh Dead Homie dropped his scissor on fucking stage? Yup. Oh <laughs> my god, that's what it was. So the, the KMK concert we were at, I remember Blazing Dead Homie was outside, and I had no idea what he looked like without his makeup on. So I'm talking to Blaze, and he's like, "Yo, who'd you come here to see?" I'm like, "Oh, I came to see Cottonmouth King, Blazing Dead Homie." He's like, "What do you think of Blazing Dead Homie?" No, I had no. I thought Blaze was a black dude. Like, for the longest time, I thought he was a black guy. So I'm sitting there, like, talking with him, and I'm just saying, I'm like, yo, I'm like, Blaze is fucking dope. I'm like, I've never oh, met him. we saw him. Tech 9 too. Let's not forget that. I just remembered that. We did see Tech 9 together. We did. That was the first oh my God. concert. Oh, my God. I can't believe – you know, that's the thing. I have to literally sit down and remember every single concert I have been to with you and just by myself. Oh, my now God. people know why I'm so, like, I record everything. I fucking take pictures of everything because those are memories. Pictures and videos last a lifetime. You'll never mm -hmm. forget those memories. As long as they're backed up somewhere, you'll have them forever. So, like, that's right. another thing, too. Like, every concert I've ever been to, every every person I've gotten to meet, except for maybe, like, a couple of people, I've always tried to, like, record the moment because that's something that we can look back on and be like, well, hey, like, I saw you in concert 10 years ago. Now I work in the music industry. Maybe they'll want to work with me. Now mm -hmm. they'll see that I'm not just a fan anymore. Like I'm actually establishing myself where maybe they want to work with me and do stuff. Right. But hey, those memories, are, like those are memories to us that will last a lifetime and we're always going to be able to talk about it because we always relate to music too. Like we have we have a separate friendship, like when aside from music, but yeah. music brings us a lot more closer too because we've listened to the same people we've been to the same concerts you know like i as soon as those things pop up on my on this day i'm always sending you a text message hey today was the day four years mm -hmm. ago <laughs> but i'm so happy that i got to have you on the queen of the trap podcast and do one-on-one -on -one interview with you today this was amazing um, on top of that, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. And you said that you have um, some projects coming out. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So if you want to, all right. So Spotify, you just type in Gem Alexander. It's G E M uh, space A L X A N D E R. Um, you go on YouTube, Gem Alexander TV. You can also go on Facebook. It's under official Gem Alexander Music. Um, Facebook again is Gem Alexander. So any anytime you type in Gem Alexander, Gem Alexander. Some, something will pop up of mine. Um, projects that I will be having released is my debut album is from Nothing to Something. Um, I have Cage on there. I have Self Titled. I have Strike, Awful P, Luchin Chin, Demarco. Um, oh God, I think I'm forgetting somebody else. Hold I'm on. forgetting somebody else. I One more terrible. question before you get off. What? Oh. Have you not worked with yet? That oh. Name five people you have not worked with yet that you would absolutely love to work with if you had the chance. Mm, five I ask everybody with. this, and if they mention somebody that I possibly know, I always put in a good word. Um. Well, I mean, do you mean artist wise or DJ wise? Anyone, anybody. Okay, so art. All right, so artist wise, I would love to work with obviously Redman. That's number one. Um, number two is Slick Rick. Um, third one is Snack the Ripper. Uh, fourth one is Mercules. And my fifth that I would love to work with, if I ever got the chance to, is Rock Him. I would love to work with Rock Him. Just to just even even if I didn't get him featured on my album or if I didn't make a song, I would just love to sit and talk with him. Um, as far as DJs, um, DJ Premier. Um, DJ New Era, I would actually like to work with him. Um, That's and then, easy enough to, you know, do. Oh, of course. Um, and then, as far, yeah, as far, as far as artists, those are like the five artists I would love to work with. Now, it, the one artist I would have loved to have worked with, but unfortunately he passed away, was Craig Mack. Um, another one was DMX, which, which was really fucked up because I had emailed. So bad. Are you kidding me? It, it fucking killed me, too. I emailed his um, management team and I asked if I could get him featured on my album. And they actually ended up responding to me three days um, when he was in the hospital. And they're like, unfortunately, you know, DMX is in the hospital. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I literally, I was praying every single day. I was like, yo, you can't take X away. X still has so much he has I to do. the same way. And his track listing, the only thing I was so mad about there's was that something, pop- There's something coming, so... I, well, I saw the track list for his new album. The only thing that I was really... I was happy that they have Nas and JD, uh, JD, Jay-Z on one song. The only thing I was mad at was that DMX had mentioned he had Pop Smoke on a song, but Pop Smoke isn't on the album. Mm. So I was like, huh, what are they going to do with be, this? There might be, like, uh, you know, they put out the album first, and then they might relaunch it and put out some extra tracks, like, a week or two later. Like, I know 2 Chains does that all the time. Yeah. That might happen. But they oh. were actually, they were doing the listening party last night in New York City. I wish I knew where. They were probably at fucking Quad Studio, which... Uh, of course. Of course. But I saw Swiss Beats was up there to chant. Like people you would never think to see together. They were Mm. all together last night in New York City and they were listening to this album. That was another concert you forgot. We went to Two Chains. Oh, wait. (laughs) You went to the Two Chains concert? Yes, I did. You know how I you know how I remember I went to the Two Chains concert? Because I went with DJ Beef. Uh, yeah, you went with, it was me, you, um, oh my God, uh, Debbie. Yes, it was. And the only reason I remember that concert was because when I went outside, when you were still inside taking your pictures and everything, there was these two rich pricks. I did not go with DJ Beef. I'm sorry. I did go with Debbie. I brought Debbie with me. Yeah. And I went with you. I met you guys at the train station. 
Right. Memory is fucking shot, but yes, you're right. <laughs> but the only reason I remember that before I get off was I was outside and I was waiting for you because you were taking pictures of him because he was still in the wheelchair. Yes, he broke so you his were t- leg at his daughter's fifth birthday party. Yes, I met that man. <laughs> so while you were doing that, me and uh, I, I don't know if Debbie was outside, but I remember these two rich pricks were talking to these two girls and the, the kid was being so foul and so vile. I was just like, yo, listen, you need to step off. And he's like, what the hell are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I, if I can remember this correctly, I think he called me a spick. And that's when I went off and I just I knocked the one kid. Other kids started walking and leaving. And I was just like, yo, that's how I remember this concert. I just knocked out this one rich kid and they all left. I didn't even yeah well you were drunk off your ass i was so drunk i was so happy i was so in my element i was like i know i'm meeting two chains and then he asked me he asked me for a lighter and i was like i just so happen to have one in my back pocket here you go <laughs> Great to save my life that was my birthday present to myself back in 2017 but i thank you so much Gemma alexander and i'm looking forward to doing more work with you Thank you so much, Carrie. I'm actually, I've been waiting to do this with you and I'm so happy I no, got to anything, actually do it. Anything you ever need help with and anybody you need me to speak to, you know, if you need something put on a platform, I'm, I now get paid through live mixtapes to put out mixtapes. I just haven't put any out yet, but people are mm-hmm. now starting to come to me. Hey, I want you to host my mixtape for me bet let's do it let's make money together like so if you ever need help with anything you know you can always call me well the one thing i would love for you to do before i get off um i would love if i know you don't do this i would love for you to just write a verse and be featured on a song just to put it out i think i can do that for you i would love to do that that for you well i i can't write it right this second but i know yeah for you because i do so secretly and i've only put out two so far they're not on platforms or anything well it's on youtube but um i've never i've only gotten the studio once to actually record um i did it to a gucci man instrumental and then i did um a tribute to southern rap and i wrote about about 60 artists and i like i mentioned things about them that only you would know if you listen to them like um ti rolling on 24s and oh, young dro uh what did i say for the young shoulderline uh my sorry, first, I the first line was uh trap music be my favorite shit selling dope and flipping bricks uh <laughs> uh Oh fuck, I forgot it. Uh two chains with the 36. That's mm. how many ounces in a brick. I would have never known how many ounces in a brick there was if it wasn't for fucking two chains. Like <laughs> like trap music taught me a lot of things I didn't know, and that's math. Hello. Right. So like mu- music can be taken in so many different ways, but I am absolutely going to do that for you because I haven't written anything in a little while. So I got you. I hope so. I would love to do it. I got you. We're going to do it. Definitely. <laughs> but I thank you and I will see you soon. I will see you soon as well. And I can't wait. Yo, and let me know about that cipher. I would love to do something for you guys. June 4th, we're going to start doing it. So it's going to be every Friday after June 4th. Okay. All right. Thank (laughs) you again. Thank you so much for interviewing me. You have a great night and I will talk to you soon. You too.